Welcome to Biblical Foundations, a podcast of the Center for Biblical Studies at Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. I'm your co-host, Jimmy Rowe, along with Dr. Andreas Kostenberger. Join us as we discuss issues in biblical scholarship for the church. Thank you for joining us today at Biblical Foundations. I'm joined by Dr. Kostenberger, who is the director of the Center for Biblical Studies. At the center, our focus is on issues in Old Testament and New Testament studies, along with biblical theology. Our episode today will be the first of a series on the burgeoning field of biblical theology. Dr. Kostenberger, you're currently research professor of New Testament and biblical theology at Midwestern. You're also the editor of the Biblical Theology of the New Testament BTNT series published by Zondervan, in which you contributed an inaugural volume on a theology of John's Gospel and Letters. You've also contributed to the New Studies in Biblical Theology NSBT series published by InterVarsity and edited by D.A. Carson, Salvation to the Ends of the Earth, a Biblical Theology of Mission, which has a forthcoming second edition in the next year, and Father, Son, and Spirit, the Trinity and John's Gospel with Scott Swain. In addition, you've published numerous essays and articles on biblical theology. Why is biblical theology important to you as a biblical scholar and more generally as a student of Scripture? Great question. My answer is essentially threefold. First, biblical theology is the next step after exegesis, after interpreting individual passages. Second, biblical theology best fits with the ethos of an evangelical hermeneutic that defines meaning as that intended by the original author. And third, biblical theology, by connecting various portions of Scripture along a salvation historical continuum, best emulates what we see in the biblical writings themselves, where we see Matthew or John or Paul, for example, invoke previous Old Testament passages in presenting the story of Jesus or in drawing out important theological principles for believers. So, again, in a nutshell, biblical theology naturally follows exegesis. It's a natural outgrowth of a hermeneutic that respects authorial intent, and it emulates the theological method of the biblical writers themselves. In 2012, you wrote an article in Themelios titled The Present and Future of Biblical Theology. In it, you discuss the importance of Johann Philipp Gobbler's influential uh, address in 1787 titled Discourse on the Proper Distinction Between Biblical and Dogmatic Theology and the Right Determination of the Aims of Each. Now, many cite the reform scholar Gerhardus Voss's influence on biblical theology, but typically Gobbler's address is referenced as a landmark in the origins of biblical theology as a formal discipline. What was Gobbler getting at? Well, uh, to some extent, uh, as so often, it depends on whom you ask. Uh, scholars have had a hard time arriving at a consensus as to uh, Gobbler's intentions and, and background. Uh, late 18th century. So you're asking another excellent uh, question here, Jimmy. Uh, what I found is, is almost everyone references Gobbler at one time or another, but my suspicion is that not everyone who cites Gobbler has actually read his address, uh, including uh, me uh, until a few years ago. But then one day I decided to print out Gobbler's address in English translation, uh, I, I believe, and I went to Starbucks and there spent about 45 minutes, that's all it took, thoughtfully reading through the whole thing. And to be honest, I was actually surprised how many of his comments and concerns resonated with the discussion today. Uh, in fact, the title of his address is very helpful in understanding his broad overall agenda. Uh, 
discourse on the proper distinction between biblical and dogmatic, we might call it systematic theology, and the right determination of the aims of each. I think Gobbler had found in his day that dogmatics, as systematic theology is typically called in continental Europe, was typically concerned with grand systems such as idealism or Hegelian dialectic or naturalism and so forth. Uh, what he wanted is for scholars to be more oriented toward the historical study of Scripture and to take an approach that is more thoroughly grounded in evidence that's more inductive and interacts more with the actual texts of Scripture. I think that was and still is an entirely legitimate concern. In addition, I think it's important as Gobbler urged his contemporaries to maintain a proper distinction between biblical and systematic theology because their methods and aims are different, though the two disciplines are complementary in many ways. In this regard, Gobbler even anticipated some of the concerns voiced by proponents of the theological interpretation of Scripture movement in recent years. I think that's very helpful, even as we're trying to uh, gain a proper perspective on the nature of biblical theology uh, in this episode today. Um, even as we think about that a little bit further, in 1995, in an article titled Current Issues in Biblical Theology, a New Testament Perspective, published in the Bulletin for Biblical Research, D.A. Carson memorably commented, and I quote, like apple pie, biblical theology is something most people find difficult to oppose. Unlike apple pie, biblical theology is rather difficult to define, end quote. How should we go about defining biblical theology? <laughs> well, yes, I, I love that statement. Uh, and uh, of course, I love apple pie, but I would argue that when I eat a slice of apple pie, I simply want to enjoy it. I have no intention of defining it. Uh, plus, everybody already knows what apple pie is. Well, al almost everybody, that is. Uh, in the case of biblical theology, on the other hand, biblical theology is an academic discipline. And so it is important for every academic discipline to have a clear understanding of what it entails, what its proper subject of investigation is, and how research is to be conducted. We've already discussed the importance of making a clear distinction between biblical theology and exegesis on the one hand, and between biblical and systematic theology and historical theology um, as well on the other. Now, the second important issue I discuss in the Themelius article you mentioned a few minutes ago is that of a proper definition of biblical theology. It's theology that is essentially historical, inductive, and descriptive. Now, in your description of biblical theology there, I think that would distinguish biblical theology from systematic theology, which is primary, atemporal, and deductive, would you say? Absolutely. Uh, let me unpack that for a moment. Uh, when uh, interpreting the first chapter of Genesis, for example, you could ask all kinds of questions of creation versus evolution, of in intelligent design, the length of each of the days of creation, of the age of the earth, uh, creatio ex nihilo, creation out of nothing, the, the timing of Satan's fall, uh, and so on and so forth. Those are all important and legitimate questions, but I would argue that none of those should properly be considered biblical theology. Uh, 
biblical theology with regard to Genesis would be grounded in asking the kinds of questions, uh, what did the original author intend to convey to his original audience by composing the creation account? You can immediately see that that's a very different question and starting point. The question that those who are more interested in contemporary apologetic issues often aren't even asking. But this is what biblical theology does. It is a historical line of investigation. So let's uh, assume for a moment that Moses wrote the first chapter of Genesis to the Israelites who were poised to enter the promised land. If so, what would his purpose be? It may be something like this. Moses was trying to impress on the Israelites at this critical juncture in their nation's history, following the Exodus, that their God, the one who'd entered into a covenant with them through Moses when giving the law on Mount Sinai, was none other than the creation God who'd made the universe in the beginning. We find support for this in the two names used for God in the opening chapters of Genesis, God and Lord, or in the original Hebrew, Elohim and Yahweh. So then, in a way, what Moses tried to accomplish with the creation account is retrace the steps of Israel's God and to ground their national identity in their relationship with the Creator. This, I would argue, is biblical theology. It's historical, inductive, and descriptive. Once we've established the original author's intent, it's certainly legitimate to move on to ask our own contemporary questions of the text. Um, in terms of systematic theology or apologetics. But I would argue that this is not the proper starting point. We do biblical theology first and systematic theology second, whether that's done by the same individual or two or more different scholars or interpreters. I think it's helpful to distinguish the task in our theological method and even to ask what, are the, what is the proper starting point as we approach the text of Scripture now, in, in 2018, you gave the Sizemore Lectures here at Midwestern, and in your first lecture titled The Promise of Biblical Theology, you cited the Swiss-German theologian Adolf Schlauter, who said, I quote, In speaking of New Testament theology, we are saying that it is not the interpreter's own theology or that of his church and times that is examined, but rather the theology expressed by the New Testament itself. Now, how does Schlatter's statement relate to your conception of biblical theology as essentially historical, inductive, and descriptive? I think the distinction Schlatter made between our own theology and that of the biblical writers is absolutely critical in understanding the nature of biblical theology, uh, which traditionally was conceived by people like Gobbler and others, and to appreciate the difference between biblical and systematic theology. Uh, interestingly, Schlatter himself wrote both a two-volume New Testament theology, which I translated, and a systematic theology, as well as works on ethics, philosophy, and other disciplines. So he was certainly not anti-systematic uh, theology or anti-historical theology, but like Gobbler, he insisted on making a clear distinction between the nature of biblical and systematic theology. In so doing, he insisted that biblical theology properly conceived be historical, inductive, and descriptive rather than atemporal, deductive, and constructive as systematic theology tends to be. You know, I can't stress how important it is to be clear-headed 
about this distinction between the theology of the biblical writers and our own theology. Schlatter himself insisted that we practice what he called a hermeneutic of perception, by which he meant that in our exegesis, we interpret the actual text rather than what we supply in our own heads. He called us as interpreters to, quote, say what is there and to stay away from fanciful interpretations that owe more to our own imagination than being tethered to the conviction of the biblical writers themselves. Needless to say, I'm deeply indebted to Schlatter in my understanding of what biblical theology is, or at least ought to be, if it is done properly. Well, I think this is a, a very helpful conversation that we're having in laying some groundwork and understanding uh, the nature of biblical theology. We've talked about defining and finding a proper definition. We've talked about uh, understanding biblical theology and distinction from systematic theology. And I think this is a great way to launch this series on biblical theology. In our next episode, actually, we'll be dis- uh, exploring the task of biblical theology and discuss resources to help you, the listener, get started yourself. We also want you to direct you to our website uh, at the Center for Biblical Studies, cbs.mbts.edu, where you can find further resources on this topic. We have a series of blog posts and other resources to help you. Thank you for joining us today at Biblical Foundations. For more information, please visit the Center for Biblical Studies at Midwestern at cbs.mbts.edu. For further resources, please also visit biblicalfoundations.org. Please join us again next time at the Biblical Foundations podcast.